Good morning for Friday, April 14, 2017. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page. A giant U.S. bomb strikes ISIS caves. Trump learns simple issues are rarely so. And health subsidies become a pawn for bargaining. In today's national headlines, plan would limit protections for immigrants. Siege has ended, but the battle over public land rages on. And gaseous plumes from a Saturnian moon hint that it could support life. In today's business headlines, the Dow fell 138 points yesterday. Brands are forced to take social media seriously. United Passenger may need surgery, lawyer says. And Trump Group drops hotel deal with Turkish Trump. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories written from Washington. A giant U.S. bomb strikes ISIS caves. Reported by Helene Cooper and Mujib Mashal. The United States dropped the mother of all bombs, the most powerful conventional bomb in the American arsenal, on an Islamic State cave complex in Afghanistan on Thursday, the Pentagon said, unleashing a weapon so massive that it had to be dropped from the rear of a cargo plane. The strike was the first combat use of what is formally named the GBU-43B Massive Ordnance Air Blast, President Trump's bestowed additional authority on the Pentagon in his first months in office, which the military has argued will help it defeat the Islamic State more speedily. Trump did not say whether he had personally approved Thursday's mission. What I do is I authorize my military, Trump said after a meeting with emergency workers at the White House. He called the bombing another very, very successful mission. The Pentagon gave no casualty totals for the bombing, part of an intense air campaign against the militant group in Afghanistan. But in a separate announcement, the Pentagon said that an airstrike in Syria by the American-led coalition fighting the Islamic State there had killed 18 Syrian fighters allied with the United States, raising concerns about whether the White House is applying any rigor to the process of approving airstrikes in hot spots from Afghanistan to Syria. The Syria strike was the third American-led airstrike in a month that may have killed civilians or allies. Earlier bombing runs killed or wounded scores of civilians in a mosque complex in Syria and in a building in the west of Mosul, Iraq. We have the greatest military in the world, Trump said. We have given them authorization, and that's what they're doing, and frankly, that's why they've been so successful lately. American commanders in Iraq and Syria have been given more authority to call in strikes, a loosening of the reins that began in the last month of the Obama administration. But some national security experts said that Trump and the Pentagon risked inflaming anti-American sentiment in the Muslim world with their approach to fighting the Islamic State. The number of civilian casualties reported in American-led strikes in Iraq and Syria has increased since Trump took office, and March was the deadliest month for civilians ever recorded by Air Wars, a group that tracks bombings. Reports of civilian casualties in Iraq and Syria jumped to 3,471 from 1,782 the month before, the group said. 
American officials have attributed the rising number of strikes and the increased danger to civilians to the fact that the fight is moving to the densely populated urban battlefields of Mosul and Raqqa, the Islamic State's self-proclaimed capital in Syria. In addition to granting more leeway to commanders in Iraq and Syria, Trump has relaxed some of the rules for preventing civilian casualties when the military carries out counterterrorism strikes in Somalia and Yemen. This is the second front page story, Trump Learns Simple Issues Are Rarely So, written by Peter Baker. For President Trump, the road to changing his mind on China included a discussion with corporate executives in the state dining room of the White House in February. When the conversation turned to China's currency, the executives had a simple message for the president, you're wrong. Trump had long insisted that China was devaluing its currency and should be punished. But the executives pushed back and told him Beijing had actually stopped. And while Trump at first resisted, as late as this month calling the Chinese world champions of currency manipulation, after many talks like the one in February, he reversed himself, declaring this week that they're not currency manipulators after all. For any new occupant of the White House, the early months are like a graduate seminar and policy crammed into every half-hour-long meeting. What made sense on the campaign trail may have little bearing on reality in the Oval Office, and the education of a president can be rocky even for former governors or senators. For Trump, the first president in American history never to have served in government or the military, the learning curve is especially steep. The last week has made that abundantly clear. He discovered that President Vladimir Putin of Russia may not be the best friend he imagined, and that staying out of the civil war in Syria was harder than he assumed. He acknowledged that ten minutes of listening.